right here at our ground zero as soon as Tori Lee's good music is done playing we're going to jump right into our program we've been gone for a long time I just checked the last show I did was back in uh, March of 2021 we have a lot of catching up to do so I'll see you in a few moments I get lost in your words It feels so good when I'm hurt Take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away With only good music Oh, 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 oh. With only good As I said, hello, hello. Welcome to each and every one of you. It's good to be back here on Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio. As I said, we've been on a really long hiatus, and I have to admit, a lot has happened in my life between 319 of 2021 and now, and so many things have happened in the world. And I'm sure that things have happened in your lives. I want to thank you wherever you are listening in this world because when I made the announcement that Healing Through Hurt was coming back, so many of you reached out to me. I had no idea that we were missed in such a way. So for that, forgive me for being gone so long. But in that time, I was going through my own healing and um, new journey. But my journey is a discussion for another day tonight. 
I want us to talk about what's been going on in your lives. Uh, what are some of the blessings that you've had, some of the pit stops, um, um, roadblocks, but mostly the blessings because if we dwell too long on all of the bad things in our lives, they will consume us. And I don't want to do that, not now, not in this life. Um, there's some topics that I do want to touch on this evening. But right now, tonight is all about going from hurting to healing. I want you all to understand that. And you know, in the past, I've talked about when you get shattered into a million pieces, you pick the best of those broken pieces to make a new masterpiece. Well, I'm not there anymore. Life has taught me some new lessons. And I say now, get rid of all of the broken pieces. Just create a brand new, spanking brand new masterpiece. I just want you to know that it's okay. You don't have to bring any of the brokenness from your past into your present and your future. So we're going to stop talking about picking the best of the broken pieces. We're going to move on from that. We're going to get our broom and our dustpan. We're going to sweep all of that out, and we're going to start fresh because, to be honest, that's where I am, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am now, and we'll get back to that a little bit later. But uh, another thing that I want to touch on tonight, and all of this is going to tie in together, I promise you, is that we need to learn the power of our no. We need to know how to tell people no. We do. Some of us have convinced ourselves that we are at a place where, you know, I do it because I'm a good person and I want to do it. That's fine and well to a degree. But we need to understand and know that do things because we want to do them. But if it's something where you are exhausting all of your resources, I think we need to talk about rethinking some of that. But again, We'll get to that. It's a two-hour show tonight because it's our first time back. So I hope that most of you, welcome to those of you who are in our chat room and those of you who are in our call query. Thank you so much for jumping on tonight. I am so, so thankful and appreciative of you supporting uh, the return of Healing Through Hurt Talk Radio. I hope you all can hear me well. Uh, this is a new sound system. Um, we're still upgrading, but... Um, at least my new uh, microphones and headsets came in today, so I hope that I'm really clear tonight uh, for you. Uh, this is a show that will probably have some bad words in it, and it's okay because we're going to be talking about all types of things. And I want to hear what's in your crop, what has really gotten on your last nerve. Let's talk about it because guess what? So many of us, especially in the African-American community, uh, we tend to hold things in. We don't say what we mean. And then last month was all about mental health, but I say mental health should be spoken about every single month of the year, every single day of the year, because so many of us, we have that stigma that to get help when we need it, it means that we're some type of a child of a lesser God. I've been there. I've had therapy. I have done so many things um, to help me to heal. And I'm at a different place now than I was, as I said, 319 of last year and up to this year. And um, we're going to talk about all of that tonight because so much has happened in this world with all of the shootings and killing the poor babies. And some people have sent me in questions. 
and um, I'll try to get to some of those. But tonight it's all about being very trans and very, very um, honest with ourselves. And as I said, I went through a traumatic experience a few weeks ago, and it was unfortunate because Pandora's box was not only open, it was broken in my psyche. And as clear as I'm talking to you now, all the voices for my 58 years of life came into my head. When I say I had the worst headache of my life, when the voices wouldn't stop, and I was crying out to the Lord, you know, not like this. Um, the louder the voices got, the more I could feel my heart pounding. And I got to the point where I was ready to give up and just say, you know what, if this is an aneurysm or something, just get it over with and let's be done with it. And no sooner than I was talking to the Lord, the voices stopped. And I fell asleep. The pain went away in my head. I fell asleep, and when I woke up, I knew that I wasn't the person that I was the day before. Yes, I have the same name. Yes, I look the same, but I'm not the same. I'm not that person that I was before. And I want to share a little story time with you all. Very innocent story, but it's going to segue into our topic for this evening. Um, a couple days ago, you know, it was a holiday weekend last week, well, this week, whatever week it was. Memorial Day. Uh, now, we usually get our trash picked up on Tuesdays. Well, this particular week, <laughs> they didn't pick up our trash on Tuesday. So I'm sitting here on Wednesday, and, you know, I'm working, and my neighbor, I see all the neighbors go out on my security cams to go to work. And one of my neighbors uh, sent me a text, and they said, they didn't pick up the trash. And I'm like, well, everybody sees it. So, you know, uh, I wrote back and said, nope. And then the neighbor proceeded to write back and say, well, are they going to pick it up today? And you know me, back in the day, two weeks ago, or so I would have been like, I hope so. But then I said, you know what, let me just call. I said, hey, listen, do you think that I work for the sanitation department? And it was so funny because she said, you know what, after I sent that, she said, I thought about what I said. And she was like, oh, my goodness. She said, I knew why you were calling a segue into our opening topic for the night. You know what? They always talk about physical abuse and all of that, but nothing cuts worse than words that come out of our mouths. We have to be so very careful what we say to people, how we say them, what we mean by them. And then we need to understand that sometimes the simplest of words, and sometimes some people don't even know that they're saying something that can be so toxic and hurtful and detrimental to someone. But in this new day and age, we need to be very mindful of what we're saying and why we're saying them. And a lot of people now, we're into this me-first society. Some people, it's all about them, but they're masking what they're doing and saying, you know, it'll be, benefit everybody. No, it won't. The initial thing is because it benefits that person and that person alone. It doesn't benefit anyone else or it may down the road, but when you really, if you're being honest with ourselves and we're looking deep into who we are and what we're doing, we're doing things for ourselves. 
so many of us in this day and age, now I'm doing seminars and I'm speaking engage, and doing speaking engagements where I'm telling people, listen, you don't need the best. You don't need the shiniest. You need something that's reliable. So many people are still out here trying to impress one another or in competition with one another. And we've talked about this a lot. There's people on the call where you've talked about this, and we know. We have it in, we have it in work. We have it in life in general. It could be a neighbor that keeps trying to outdo someone because they have to have the best. They have to do this. They have to do that. Sometimes it's good for us to take that back step. It's good for us to be in that place where we do what's reliable and we don't have to have the best. I've had the fancy cars. Guess what? My Mercedes took me to the same places that my Toyota takes me. My Mercedes was good until it wasn't. And then to get that fixed is a lot more money than it would be for my Toyota. And then some people, we need to understand that we're older. You know, some people, you're 35, 40, 50 years old, 60, 70 years old. You know, I'm, I, I delved back into the dating scene. These old fuckers out here are acting like either they, they're children or they're talking about their past or they're going out here. I'm like, what? Boy, bye. I don't have the time to play with old-ass men who still have a lot of crap with them they need to address before they're ready to delve back into the dating world. Or they come out here, and I'm like, oh, hell no. You come here, and you're looking like you got on the baggy pants and the this and that. Mother so-and-so, I, you need to get along. And ladies, so those of you, those of us who are more seasoned and older, guess what? You can't fit into those jeans that you fit into back when you were 22. You can't do it. Stop trying. And then for some of you, just to say that you have a partner, whether male, female, whatever flips your boat, you would rather sit there. And a few weeks ago I put up a post where I got it from someone else, where a young lady, she was dating a man who was married to someone else, and he said the only way – that he could keep seeing her was if he tried to convince his wife that he's had like a secondary job. And because she was getting money from a dead parent and the the insurance money, she said she won't miss anything. So she was going to, she wanted to know how much money she should pay him so that he could give the impression to his wife that he had a secondary job. And so that he could still see her ladies, are we that broken where, we are willing to pay a man to be with us? The answer is a resounding yes in a lot of cases. Been there, done that. I see it every darn day. So I know that we are so broken that we don't recognize our own power. We don't recognize our own power. Gentlemen, some of you are going through the same thing. Again, so the night is all about learning how it's okay to put yourself first. It's okay for you to stand your ground. It's okay for you to say no. It's okay for all of that because, once again, the minute that I woke up and I knew that I was someone new and I started putting more efforts in the things that I love and what I want to do to move to my next level, things started to change. Everything started to change in this world. 
No, I, I started doing aromatherapy for the foundation. I started selling soaps and candles and things of that nature. I was supposed to get all of my supplies to make lip balm because, like I said earlier, I wear lip balm 24-7, 365. I will wear lip balm before I will put on lipstick. So why not learn how to make my own and start doing that to add to my um, aromatherapy regimen and my health and beauty? And one thing that I wanted to do when I started this was that I like to sit down with a client and we go through the list and they tell me what they like. And then I'm making something special for that person because I want that person to understand that this was made for them. Even though they might order something that's already in stock, I'm going to send something that's probably going to be one of a kind. And whether they know it or not, until I tell them they don't, but it's the only one that exists in the world. No one else is going to have that particular piece. No one. Because I only made one. There's so many things in my, in my selection that's just one. Or, at best, it's five. Because I went from making big loaves of soaps and things to down to making smaller segments. So there's five. Things that I'm putting up now, there's probably only five in the world. And even then, each one is unique. I just did a new sandalwood set of blocks. They're each unique in their own way. And if anyone wants them, know that it was made out of love and it's one of a kind. I love doing that for people. I love for people to have something. So people can go out and they can get the mass-produced things and say, well, it does the same thing. Okay. But for those who have actually invested in me, they love their products. I love my products, and I'm the one that formulated and created them. And I feel special when I use that product because I know that it was made with love, and it was made for me because I, I made it. But Again, when I listen to you and we sit down and we go through the website and you tell me what you like, I'm going to put things together. I'm going to ship them off. I'm going to hope and pray that you enjoy them as much as I do and so many of my clients do. Now let's talk about the freeloader people who, oh, girl, oh, it's all my favorites. When are you going to do the giveaway? When are you going to do this? Oh, I'm going to do a free giveaway when you buy something. And when you buy something, then guess what? I throw in a lot of freebies, and they're full-size freebies that I could be selling to someone, but I'm giving them to you because you invested in me. And I want you to enjoy that spa time, that you time, that loving you time. I want you to do that. So for those of you in the chat room, on the line, if you want to um, give a testimony, talk about what you have your 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 heartaches, your healings, your tragedies, your traje- trajectories, because one of the things that um, I learned is that sometimes it takes a tragedy to propel you in a new direction. What are your blessings? Where have you turned from I'm not, I can't, I won't to I am and I will? What are you doing? We're not talking about too much negativity tonight. We're talking about the positive things because now we need to focus 
on the positive because there's so much damn negative in this world. We need to be vigilant out there every day. We know that we as minorities, we're being targeted everywhere. We have to stay as positive as we can. What are some of the things that you have done that is changing your trajectory? Where are you going? What are you doing? Talk about the things that got on your nerves, but share with the listening audience. You don't have to share it on this program. You can share it to someone in your lives. It doesn't matter. But it's time for us to start to share the positive. Even in this negative, negative world, we need to be the change. We need to be the person who is that change agent that is needed in this world. So, again, if you want to share, I see uh, Brother Gene in the chat room. He said a new position and a dream job. Did you get a new position? Are you trying to get a new position? Or have you convinced yourself that, oh, it's better to stay where I am because you don't know what tomorrow will bring, so I'm going to stay where I am. You do that. Listen, boo-boo. Because this is a new season on Healing Through Hurt. We're not going down that road because guess what? And the sad part is that so many people who were here from day one when this show first started, you are still at ground zero. They haven't moved a bit. You still say, I know I got to do it. I know. Well, if you know and you're not doing it, what is that saying about you? Yeah, I told you all, this is not the old me. This is the new me now. I'm going to keep it very real with a lot of people because so many of you, still a ground zero. Now, for me, hey, guess what? I have learned that so many people, not only did they miss hearing my voice, they missed this program, they missed everything. And there's some people back in the day, they say, oh, see, it's all about her at all. And damn right, it is all about me. It's about me and healing through hurt. Because this show was born out of my hurt. This show was born out of my abuse. This show was born out of me being raped. This show was born out of me being told that I was nothing. Yeah, it is. It's all about me. If you don't like it, guess what? Get to stepping because it's a new season. And so many of us, we've learned how to adapt, to accept, and to settle, and to compromise when we did not have to. So, yes, I am healing through hurt, and healing through hurt is me. And through me telling my testimony, telling my transparency, I have helped people to heal all over the world. How about you? Like I said, the old me is gone. I have never hurt as much as I did a few weeks ago when I felt as though my head was going to explode literally. I was just waiting to just take my last breath and go back to that beautiful place that I saw back in 2013. But once again, God and his jokes, I'm still here. And now we're back here on Healing Through Hurt. So if anyone wants to share testimony, feel free. If you're in the call query and you'd like to do this, Please, please, please press the number one on your phone, and I will bring you on air. Uh, if you're in the chat room, feel free to leave your testimony there, or you want to talk about something, put it in the chat room. I will read it for you. Um, there's a lot of people in the call query tonight. It was so funny because even when I did, when I came back on BTR and I did a um, 
a uh, search. Healing through hurt didn't even come up in the search, but uh, it said uh, check Google for it. Of course, I put it in Google, and I'm at the top of the list in Google. So once again, um, to uh, thank you all, wherever you are in this world, for listening and coming back to Healing Through Hurt. Yes, I know it's been a long time, but I'm here now. And thank you all for the messages. Thank you all for all of your continued prayers and support, and thank you for just sitting patiently waiting for me to get it together where I am back. So for now, it's going to be on uh, the first Saturday of every month for the time being, and then we're going to move up to two times, and then we'll go from there. So let's see what we have here. You guys are doing a lot of writing (laughs) in the chat room. Feel free to call in and uh, give your testimony on air as well. Uh, Let's see. Charlotte writes, uh, yes, you have and still growing and believe whenever you tell your story, you are helping many. Thank you, sis. Yes, I, I, I have to tell my story because there are so many people, and even I was there at one point in time where I had no idea. There were people going through not just similar things, but almost identical things. One thing that I've learned about life and human beings is that we respond the same way to things. A lot of us, we experience the same things. And when I went into law, one of the things that I definitely learned in the legal system is that there's this thing called stare decisis, which means courts determine other cases based on prior cases. Now, some people don't know this, but they look and they see, well, this is almost similar. You'd be surprised how many cases are so darn identical in this world, and they will rule the same way. And that's your little tidbit, because if you know how to look up cases and rules, you can almost tell how your case is going to end based on what has happened in other cases of very, very similar circumstance. So we also want to learn how to rise above some of our circumstances. Um, Young writes, moving to Charlotte is among the most gratifying yet stressful things I've done in my adult life. I was living in my comfort zone. After moving, I had my heart set on going back to work in my new city. However, I decided, hold on, I lost my space to jump. Uh, where was I? However, I decided I was no longer happy with settling for the opportunities my bachelor's degree afforded me. I finally decided to go full force with my master's, and it is the ultimate sacrifice, yet gratifying knowing what new opportunities will be available to me a year from now. And that's the thing. You have to really sit down and figure out what the game plan is and then have contingencies in place. So start looking now to see what the job market is like. Look to see, hey, is this going to be beneficial in the end? Where am I going to look? Look up resources. Find out. Do it now so that act like you just came out of school today and look and see what is available, where you can go, where you're going to go, who can you talk to to get some ideas. I would put it out there. I was very inquisitive um, about a lot of things when I was still job hunting and for those of you that know my since January of um, this year, I started a new career as well. Brother Gene started a new career. I started a new 
career in January, January 1st to, to be exact. So I ended my um, six and a half years in hell at one place, and I started a new job further away. But I'm now, right now I'm taking six trains a day to get to work. But guess what? I'm at a better place than I was before working with people who actually are good people that I can depend on and lean on, who encourage and motivate and inspire me to be better. Um, and Charlotte tells uh, T. Young, uh, that's awesome. Keep going. Uh, Brother Jean writes, yes, people don't have the big picture in mind. They always think that um, of the present instead of being willing to sacrifice for the future. I worked and went to school, so I sacrificed social time in order to focus on my vision of getting in project program management on a larger scale. And that's the thing. When I was in school, I was working in the district, and then I had to run all the way up to Howard County, and then I had to do my proctored exams when I was an undergrad. Then I, uh, I was recruited to uh, get into a leadership program, executive leadership program at Cornell University. Um, the minute that um, I was about to graduate from uh, UMGC, then I went to uh, then I was being contacted by recruiters from Cornell. Um, I finally gave in after a year of being off. I did. Um, I got my um, master certification from Cornell University, and then I think uh, maybe a year after that, I decided to take that plunge and go to law school. Um, again, I, I and even then I was self-doubting myself. I'm sure I've told this story before, but I was. I said, you know what, what am I going to do? No, no, no. And, you know, I said, oh, I'll just wait till next year. And then the school called, and they said, well, we have one more opening. And I was like, huh? And they said, yeah, we have one more opening. And um, I said, well, when am I going to start? And they gave me the start date, and the start date was my birthday, literally. I started law school on my birthday. And I said, okay, God, and it's jokes. But he was like, okay, that's your sign. And I'm like, you know, I always tell you all, I wait for signs. I let the universe give me guidance. You know, God orders my steps, all of that. And I was like, okay. And I remember when school finally started, I sat down on my money green leather sofa in my living room at the time, and I said, what have I gotten myself into? How am I going to afford all of these books? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And God once again was like, hey, I got some blessings for you. Then my colleague, Brother Gene, well, he had gone before me to law school. So then I visited him in his home, picked up all of his old books, and that helped me so much to get ahead in my career. And instead, I tried to offer to give the books to others, but they were too lazy to come and get them. So I mentored a lot of students to graduation instead. So I continued to pay it forward. So there's always a blessing waiting for you. So, again, um, it's okay to do you. And it, you may have to sacrifice some things to do you, but look at the bigger picture. Now, some people, yes, if you're being totally selfish, oh, well, that's okay because God is going to knock you back a few notches one way or the other not to worry about that karma, God, whichever way you want to look at it, you're going to get knocked back a few notches. But 
God didn't mean for us to be mediocre on this earth. And there's something to be said. Don't let anybody tell you, uh, I don't know why you're going to school. I don't know why you're going to school. Ain't no jobs out here. You're just trying to keep up with white folks, and you're just trying to do this. Okay, and if you are, that's okay, too, because you weren't meant to be mediocre here. And, you know, I've always talked about my pet peeve is so many people got hooked up with these fake colleges, and they're all running around calling themselves doctor this, doctor that, and haven't been a day in school past high school. But they can pay a couple dollars and get somebody to write a fake note, and then they come to some hotel, and then they get their, as one guy called it, a cloak instead of his hood. I'm like, seriously, you don't even know what it's called. And then you have people that never went to school that are honor students how. So it's just becoming a thing where there's so many people, the same people who tell you, huh, what you doing that for, are the main ones that are going out here getting these fake degrees, calling themselves Dr. So-and-so, who've never spent a day working their asses off, getting those headaches, you know, thinking that you're going to die before you finish your program when you have to read 800 pages total in a week while you're trying to be husbands and wives and significant others and you're working and you're doing all of that too. But there, I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm like, yeah, okay. Anyway, and I tell people, if I invite you on this show, don't you come here talking that fake stuff because I will call you out in a minute. T. Young is working on her master's. Brother Jean, J.D., Sister Charlotte, I'm sure, what, master's? So, again, unapologetically, don't let anybody tell you any different. If they're insecurities, let them make you feel as though, come on back down here. You come right there. You quit school and you go sit on that front step and you do nothing with your life so everybody can be miserable together. Exactly. Sister Charlotte says, some people want you to stay in the same spot they are. They don't want to see you excel. No, absolutely not. And, you know, that thing that they say about some of us with that crab pot mentality, if you've ever cooked live crab, honey, hush. I always used to tell people, I did a show where I said you can learn a lot from ants. Ants will sacrifice themselves. In order to make a bridge, if it's a lot of water and they have to cross it, some ants will sacrifice themselves to make a bridge so that the rest of the colony can survive and move forward. Sometimes we have to make sacrifices. That's a whole nother twist on this, but sometimes we have to sacrifice. I didn't get my doctor's degree until much later in life. But when I got it, oh, my gosh, everything took off of me like it was supposed to was supposed to. It's not when you do it. It's not how you do it. And it's about, and it's not even about when. You don't have to do it when you're straight out of high school. I never would have been able to finish law school and finish it with honors. I was in pre-med when I first came out of high school, and I was like, I don't want to do this. Too much work. I was immature. I wasn't ready. I took another route, and then, you know, I was always taught, go work for the government, go work for the government. So that day when I got my paperwork for school, I signed up for school, and then I got my offer letter for the federal government. So I went back up to school. I changed from full-time to night school, 
and part-time, and that didn't work out well, and then I was pregnant and had children, and this and that, I gave up a lot, and even then, it was unappreciative, so it's okay. Sometimes it's okay for you to put yourself first and understand that if you have other obligations, you have to deal with those too, but it's okay for you to work on your goals, your hopes, and your dreams as well. T. Young says, as a counselor, I was constantly talking to the participants in the groups I was facilitating about recognizing and maxing out their potential. At some point, I realized that although I was pushing others to be the greatest version of themselves, but I was not pushing myself. I was running from the sacrifice, but I could no longer accept that I wasn't practicing what I was preaching because I was settling. It's not about when you finish. It's about how you finish. Exactly. It's about how you finish. And so many people will try to discourage you. They will try to put you, and they will hate you finishing. And it's so funny looking back on, yeah, like I said, I'm not the person that I used to be. My DNA disasters, man, they have come up with so many things for me being in competition with people. I don't even know what they do for a living. So I don't know how I'm in competition with them too. Um, I'm just trying to show off. Show off to who? If I'm trying to impress somebody, it's going to be somebody that can take me to the next level. It's not going to be no piddly-ass DNA disasters that are at ground zero. What the hell? Like I said, I'm not that person I was a couple weeks ago, and I'm about right sick of the DNA disasters. That's exactly why the majority of them will never see me again on this side of the River Jordan or at the other side because I'm sick of them. So for those of you who are going through that family situation, it's okay to walk away too, especially if they're not bringing anything to your table. If they're not paying your bills and they're not helping you in any way, they're only harming and hurting you, why the hell? Don't let any church person, don't let any pastor, don't let any shrink or anybody else tell you that you have to stay in a hurtful situation. You do not. And there are people out there who would do that. The Bible says this. The Bible also says that. So while you're trying to tell me to do this, I'm going to read up on that. Because for everything that they tell you, for one thing that suits their agenda, guess what? The Bible also has a verse of 6 or 10 that will go against what they just said. Everybody can use the Bible as a resource or a weapon. Yeah, I know some of you all listening out there, you're probably mad as hell at me. It's okay. You'll get over it. Trust me, I, I, you will. But Again, I'm not that person that I was before. And I mean, that day when the voices stopped, I have not heard them since. But I'm not that person. Young says it's not about what, oh, well, I already read that one. Let's go to the next one. Uh, T. Young tells Charlotte, you're absolutely right. Some of your peers, oh, wait, did I miss something? Hold on. Let me go back. I told you all to call in because this trying to read up. <laughs> they they don't want to see you. Excel. Okay, okay, I see what that's about. Uh, you're absolutely right. Some of your peers and family members will try to talk you out of moving up because they haven't fulfilled their purpose. And they're not going to. And they're going to be mad as hell with you for the rest of your life. And they're going to try to get other family members to hate you too because they haven't fulfilled their purpose. And they get mad at it. They take it out on you. 
like you did something to them or you prevented them from moving forward. I tell you, that hate is an awful thing. Uh, Tian goes on to say, my own mother made discouraging comments about my pursuing my degree. Absolutely. Uh, Jean says, thankfully, I haven't had those parents, but some parents don't want you to do better than them. Well, hell, the majority of us, the parents ain't did a damn thing. That's the problem. They talk about every generation is supposed to get better, but not you. What you mean? Let me just say this. We're we're at this point where we have to stop listening to the noise. We have to stop allowing the noise to disrupt our happiness and our success. Charlotte writes, the only person you should be in competition with is yourself, kind of like what you just touched on, waking up a new person. And <laughs> were you spelling her name wrong? Yeah, okay. You know what? That's why I kept, I noticed that too young, and I was like, is she talking about Charlotte or is she talking about Charlotte? But yes. Um, <laughs> good to know that we got that part straight. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to. It looked like I had lost my tooth connection, but it's back now. Uh, Let's see what else. Has anybody said anything? Oh, gosh, I've missed out on a lot. (laughs) She said it's okay. Everybody does that. I was telling somebody the other day, um, we were at a uh, pride flag raising ceremony on my job, and um, one of the people that I've just met in person, she called me some name, <laughs> and my director, who's like, where'd she get that name from? And I'm like, remember, someone at my old old job called, used to call me Chrysanthemum the whole time that they knew me. It wasn't until I was leaving that they knew that that wasn't my name. So, <laughs> you know, I'm used to people just calling me any old thing, and it's fine. I mean, I've been called the bitch by my son and the whore by my mother, so it doesn't get any worse than that. So... Uh, it's all pretty damn good in this world. It's it's all good. So if that's all I had to worry about was somebody calling me out of my name, I'd have a wonderful life. Uh, Jean writes, they probably low-key hating the fact that their dreams have come and gone unrealized and want your life to mirror theirs. We are breaking the chains of the past that bl- that bind us. Exactly, Jean. That's exactly what we're doing. Sometimes your family members and parents try to hold you back from being great. I agree with Mr. Gene. Some are low-key haters. Yeah, they are. For real, for real is right. They are. They're jealous. Um, You have this rift between the mothers and daughters, fathers and sons in some cases, fathers and daughters, wherever. They don't want 
do to be better than them. They don't want to see that you're happy, you, you have a life, you have a marriage, you have this, you have that. The things that they never achieved, how dare you? How dare I gave birth to you? How dare you upstage me? Seriously? But for me, in my case, what the hell am I upstaging? You have to give me something to strive for to upstage. If you don't, what the hell? I had to figure out what path I was going to take in life on my own. And I will tell anybody to this day, my hand to the Lord, and I've spoken about this before. I said to myself, oh, this is easy. I'm just going to become the opposite of everything I saw in my mother. Told you all, I'm not that person I was two weeks ago. And all this bullshit with the DNA disasters who bought into mama's bullshit, well, y'all can keep buying into it because guess what? This is my platform, and I'm going to speak my damn truth because I'm tired. I'm tired across the board of the games. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of all of it. And sometimes DNA can be the worst people. They can be the worst people. T. Young says, my mother has always been jealous of me, so there's no surprise in her not celebrating me going back. But I am at the point now where I surround myself with those who support me and keep everyone else away. Years ago, I probably would have cried about her lack of support, but I'm so beyond those days. And the kicker is something else that I want you all to think about. And I see this constantly um, with people that I work with and on social media. There are people that talk shit about everybody. They did this and they did that to me. And come Mother's Day, Father's Day, Family Day, whatever the hell. Oh, I love you so much. You're the best. Well, which lie isn't on any given day? We have to be very consistent in what we do because not only are we sending mixed messages out to the world, we're sending mixed messages out to our abusers. They only pick up on the, see, she said that I'm great. And see, and I'm saying this because I work in the world of law, and one thing that attorneys will do in the courtroom is that they will find everything that is a contradiction to what we're in court for to use against you. And T. Young, I'm sure you being a counselor and even, uh, Charlotte, in your area of, of profession, you all know what I'm talking about. You know how people can turn things around on you in a heartbeat. It's very easy for some people to do, and they do it quite well. And then you're left trying to defend yourself. To others. And sometimes it gets to that point where even though you're true to everything you're saying, in this country, the court of law is not set up for truth. It's set up for who can present the better argument. So even though you mean well and you know what you're saying, they will tear some people to shreds in court. I've seen it happen a million times. So be consistent. If you had a shit parent, you had a shit parent. If you had shit family members and neighbors, they're shit neighbors. 
and I never understood at work how people could hate each other 364 days a year, and then when it's time for the Christmas party, everybody's drinking, laughing, and joking, and hugging like they've been friends all year. And then come January 1st or, or the next day after the party, you're back to business as usual. I never hung out with them because I didn't like those people. I'm not coming out wasting my money, giving you money to go to a party that I don't want to be at. I had to be silent on that one to let that sink into some of the listeners. Oh, some people are sending me messages. They don't like what I'm saying. Ooh, you'll be okay. You really will. Slither back the way you came from. I like when spies come around and they try to, um, you know, fix me because, you know, I'm broken as hell. I'm like the worst person on the friggin' planet. I own it. Okay. If I wasn't before, guess what? You keep messing with me, I will become the worst person on the planet. And trust me, in the end, I will drop you and you will lose. The end. Have a good day. Be blessed. Amen. Okay. Good. I'm tired. I'm on the downside of life on this side of the River Jordan. I have a lot less years left than I did, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Tired of the bullshit, people. I'm tired. Are you tired of the bullshit? Because I know I am. Excuse me, Lord, but, you know, had a little talk with Jesus, and I told him tonight is a night when it's going to be very real. And that's where we are. That's where I am. These shows are going to be very different. We're going to get down and out. There's going to be late-night shows when we're talking about things that matter. When we talk about, you know, lately a lot of people tell me, well, you know, I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And uh, I won't do this and he wants me to do this and she wants me to do that and blah, blah, blah. Listen. Spice has gone out of your relationships and things. We're going to be talking about that too. Because there's some things that I like, and trust me, those people that know me well, y'all know. I've been in the dungeons of D.C. and New York. I have been there. Trust me, I have lived a good life. Now, you know, while my mother talking about I'm a lesbian and all this shit, what she should have been talking about is that I was a damn dominatrix. Enjoyed every bit of it. So the bottom line is simple. If you're going to lie on me, at least tell a good lie or tell a truthful lie. I still have my horse tail down there on my door right now. I'm very transparent. So if you're going to lie on me, make sure that I haven't already told a more fantastic truth. Play with me. I'm tired. I've lived a good life. I've done all kind of good stuff. Bottom line is simple, is that if I want to do that, if I want to put on my leather and lace, and I want to whoop a man's ass, then that's what I'm going to do. All he got to do is tell me when it hurts too much, give me his safe word, and I'll stop. But the bottom line is simple, is that I like that kind of power. Everybody like, oh, my God, what did she just say? Hey, my truth is better than your lie on any given day. I wasn't the dark diva for nothing. Black rose, black orchids, black whatever, it's all good. 
So make sure DNA disasters, if you're going to lie on me, tell a good one. But tell one that's better than the truth. Charlotte writes, um, sometimes we go along to get along until one day we don't anymore. And then shit hits the fan. Sounds like you are not going along anymore. Damn right, I'm not. T. Young writes, the past few weeks have been all about breakthroughs in my home. My baby was hurt to his core two weeks ago by someone he never thought would hurt him. But boy, did he have a breakthrough, and he is doing better than he had been. To support him through that, um, to support him through that made me feel fulfilled as a mother. You know, that goes back to Young to what I said earlier. Sometimes we have to have a tragedy for us to change our trajectory, for us to get back on our the track that we should be on or the path that we should be on. You made a good point there, T. Young. T. Young says, I did a lot of going along to get along even after I knew better. And that's it. And guess what? Maybe you learned that 20 years earlier than I did because to have that breakthrough when Pandora's box was broken wide open for me to realize that I was still just going along to get along. As powerful as I am, as people perceive me to be, as um, knowledgeable as people perceive me to be, I was still broken in many ways, and I was still compromising and being tolerant of things that I should not have been. And, you know, the interesting part is when I woke up the next day and I knew that there was a shift and there was a change and I had to start doing me, you know, it was so funny how I just woke up one day and I said, Jesus, I think I'm going to start doing aromatherapy again. And back in the day, you know, many, many years ago, I was working with a company up in New York, and I literally had my own cosmetics line that I was doing. So when people ask, how do you do this? I've been in this game, again, a long, long time. And some of my samples, I still have those samples. I don't use them, of course, but they were the samples that I created in a laboratory in New York. Those were samples that I made of my cosmetics, of my products. So this is not something that's new to me. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are like, how do you do that? I want to try to do this myself. You go right ahead. This is what you do. This is X, Y, Z. Then what? What do you mean then what? If you want to take a class on how to do what I do, you can do that. But I'm not going to give you information for free. Nothing comes for free in this world. And I'm telling each and every one of you within the sound of my voice, if you have a product or a service, don't you sell yourself short. And I love what I do. But I turned my hobby into a way to generate profits for the nonprofit, for the, the Wall Foundation. I turned it into a way to make profits for me. And there are so many things, like for those of you who know me well, like I said, uh, there's programs now that I do where I, I, I don't want to get too deeply into it, but 
I, I do a lot of product testing and reviews for a big name brand company. And um, I used that time to get supplies that I needed, and I turned that into something positive. And there's so many pluses to what I'm doing now. Um, I'm not going to put it out there on this particular platform, but some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And when I say that I am now um, working with a very well-known, huge company, um, and again, it's amazing how the universe and the great I am and God, or whatever name I give to the the big entity in this world that created all of this, the fact is that people out there see me. They see what I'm doing. They know what I'm doing. And they are, the universe is blessing me in ways that, you know, the world, uh, most people just wouldn't understand. And in doing so, I try to do something that makes everyone happy. And they get something out of it as well because I love to spread the joy. I do. I do. Uh, let's see here. P. Young says, I did a lot of going along to get along even after I knew better. We did that one. Shalette uh, writes, great job, T. Young. I see how much you love and take care of those young men. I have never met them, but I see they are both great young men from your posting. They are. They're awesome fellows. I, I have to tell you, they are awesome in every single way. And I'm not ready for them to grow up, but um, yeah, they they. <laughs> uh, time time will not stand still for anyone, and we have to get to that point where we see, you know, they were little seedlings, and then they sprouted, and now they're growing into mighty oaks, and we just have to let them continue to raise their branches towards the sunlight, and um, pray for the best, and pray that. You know, they, they stay safe and that they keep rising. Um, T. Young writes, going along to get along keeps us in a cycle of forgiveness, hope, hurt, and depression. We get on the emotional roller coasters that we want to get off of once the ride starts, knowing it's scary. Um, yeah, I mean... The kicker is we keep getting on the same ride over and over again. It's, um, yeah, T. Young, you're right. Uh, T. Young says, I'm still amazed of how fast time went by. It's gratifying and scary. And the kicker is, guess what? It's gratifying and it's scary for you as well, not just for your, your boys, but for you as well, because, you know, Again, once you get out of school, it's going to be the next leg of your journey, literally the next leg of your journey. And you have to, again, like I said, plan for any and everything. Plan for the what ifs. Plan for the, the if this doesn't work, I'll do that. And go from there. Have some things in place that work for you. Have something where you can make some type of an income, whether it be, and I told you, I think that we spoke before, and I said something about you like to cook now. It doesn't have to be. There's a guy on um, TikTok. He's not a professional. As a matter of fact, he's in the military. But he has such a following. He's now got a cookbook. He has, um, 
He does his live programs. He's on uh, that place that keeps shutting me down, that damn Instagram. Still don't know what I've ever done. But um, he's moved so far just from doing videos showing him cooking because he likes to cook. So, again, there's so many ways that we can all find our niche in this world, and it's always something to fall back on in the event that other things don't work the way that we expect them to because we can plan for a lot of things, but does that mean that it's going to work that way? Maybe, maybe not. So we always want to have those contingency plans in place, the what-ifs. We want to look into all of the options, and like I said, the minute that you come out, you want to know and have those resources in place and um, make sure that the resume is very much um, on point, the way that it should be to make it look, uh, put you in the best light. Um, T. Young writes, one of my friends from high school saw me, saw my deep fried sushi pictures and said, YouTube channel, definitely watch. Uh, again, you need a YouTube channel because they would definitely watch. I think we've had that discussion before. And one of the things that my great-great-grandma and Lucy used to say was that I've been here before because I had an old soul because I would be so ahead of the times. There are things that I've done so many years ahead of when they became popular. Um, when I was doing fashion designing and I did the Congressional Black Caucus event in D.C., that the same designs that I had created then didn't become popular until days down the road. And, I mean, the couture gowns are still downstairs in uh, the bags right now today. I'm thinking about donating most of those designs to children who don't have prom gowns and things, and they're all couture. They're one of a kind. Um, should consider, again, uh, Young, it's one of those things where uh, it did, to, to venture out. Or you can start off with TikTok. TikTok is really the thing now next to uh, YouTube is still a Goliath, whether people know it or not. It's a behemoth all by itself. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. I don't put as much effort into that as I did uh, TikTok. And with TikTok, you know, you have to have at least a, a thousand followers before you can do live programs, but you can certainly start off by doing your pre pre recorded. Uh, for me, again, it's something about keeping it real and connecting with people. I think I was able to go live in about three months, but some people it'll take a while to grow a thousand followers. But again, depending on how you come about and how People perceive you. You can do it in a matter of weeks, months, uh, or it might take you years. It, 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 it's the luck of the draw, but you have to go out there and venture out and get on a platform that's going to get you out there where people will be able to see you. And cooking and food is one of those places where people are always going to gravitate towards. Um, so it's something to think about. Uh but I definitely think that you should do it. And do it because it's fun. You enjoy doing it now. And tell your story. Everything starts with a story. 
have to tell how you started out. You know, you didn't know how to do this. You didn't know how to do that. You learned how to cook. You learned how to do this. Then you moved on and you learned how to, to venture out. Everything starts with a story. People always know, how are you still popular? How are you still doing this? What are you still doing? It's story. Once you connect, there's other people out there who love to cook, who love to do this, but they are afraid or they don't know how. So it starts with your journey. It starts with your story. I promise you, I promise you, and anyone within the sound of my voice, if you're ready to tell your journey and your story, some level of success will follow you. I was, like I said, I haven't been on here since March of 2021. And, you know, whenever they change the programming and things, I lost a lot of my viewership and all of that. But even now, I'm still at a quarter million on this, on this site. Healing Through Hurt Alone is still at a quarter million. 250,000 listens. It was over a million before, but then when they did the new algorithm years ago, a lot of people complained because we lost a lot of our viewership. But it's okay, our listenership, rather. But it's okay. But how humbling is it to know that millions and millions of people have heard my shows in one form or another, and how many people's lives have I saved? Over those years, people have literally written to me and said, because of you, I'm still here. I didn't complete what I wanted to do. Because of you, your story helped me to live another day. Stella says, people will watch you cook, especially if they are greedy like me. You're not cooking now. Just talking about it makes me want to eat. LOL. So, again, for T. Young, I always say that the universe will send you messages. And while you're taking that time to do school, you can also take that time to start doing some videos. Some people have quit their jobs because the money that they make is lucrative on YouTube and or TikTok. Even I've made money on TikTok. You know, again, it's one of those, and I don't even post a lot anymore because TikTok has its own set of problems, but when I post, oh, my, they get seen. I haven't done lives in a while, but I'm going to go back to doing TikTok lives and talking to people, and then, of course, that'll be more money. So everything that I do is about bringing money into the foundation because I do want to start doing some smaller scholarships or giving people money for book vouchers or something like that. But, again, the young, the universe is speaking to you, and maybe it took us to come together on Healing Through Hurt, the return, for you to hear it again, that maybe that's your niche, maybe that's your calling. And the best time to do it is when you have that downtime. I knew that when I started all of this many, many moons ago that um, I had to figure out that time to work it into my schedule and never become too busy working for someone else where you don't have time to work on your own personal success. The pandemic was very, very good to me. 
I enjoyed every bit of it because I monopolized on other things and I was busy getting better and, and learning new skills and deciding where I was going to go next and doing all of that. So literally, literally, the universe is talking to you. This seemingly innocent conversation is just the people that are used as the catalyst to tell you that maybe that is your niche. So it's something to think about. Always listen because the universe is always talking. At night when I do my prayers and all of that, I open up my spirit, my heart, my soul to the universe, and I receive whatever message and whatever energy it is trying to send to me, I receive it. And I go in that direction. Again, I was just speaking the other day, and I said, you know, I did the soap-making thing and the candles on a whim, and it took off like a bandit. I've done a couple of wedding parties. I've done several things. And the bottom line is that I want people to feel good. I want people to pamper themselves, to take care of themselves, to feel good about themselves. I want people to feel like they matter. And the one way that I can do that is through my craft, my artistry, my, you know, working some people, the same people that have bought my paintings in the past, they bought my soaps and my candles and things of that nature. Some people, it's all over the world. And people are like, you're back to doing this. And I love it when people say, is there anything that you're not good at? And I said, mm. well, when I put my mind to something, I'm usually good at it. But if it's something that I'm not good at, it's probably because I haven't tried it yet. I have no interest in it, but the things that I love to do, I get give my all to it, and you love to experiment, you love to cook, so I think that you should do that. Heck, I would watch it. You know, I'm an empty nester. I don't get to cook like I used to, and I miss that, so I'd have to live the vicariously through your cooking because I don't get to do that anymore, and that does bother me from time to time when I, I don't have that time to, to have the big family dinners and things. And, you know, and, and to be honest, uh, since we're talking about healing and hurt and all of that, all those years that I did the, the Christmas Eve parties and things, it's because I wanted to feel the connection. I wanted to, to belong to my DNA disasters. And I cooked just to feel a connection. I wanted to belong and, you know, to learn that it was all just a joke. People will come out for free food. But in the same breath, you know, I refuse to invite you to eat at my table when you're going to talk about me like a dog when I walk away from it to go get more food for your plate. So, I, I, no, absolutely not. So, again, I tried. It didn't work. Um and I don't miss it. I mean, I can't miss something that wasn't real in the first place. So, yeah, a lot of things are going to change for all of us in this season. This is a new season for a lot of us in many ways. And things are going to change because they have to. 
Uh, so for those of you within the sound of my voice and those of you in the call query, if you want to uh, get involved or if you want to be on air, feel free to press the number one on your phone and I will bring you on air. If not, thank you so much for sticking it out with us and staying on the conversation. Um listening, and maybe you're getting what you need out of that, and that is the most important thing. You don't have to be on here. I've always said every single year, you don't have to say a word on air on this program, but I see you, and you're here because you hear something that you need, and that's what matters. So I thank you for doing that. And for those of you all over the world, you know, I did the – um. I did my analytics on this before the show tonight, and my biggest draw, which is something new, was China. Um, there are so many, Ghana, China, uh, what else did I see? France, I think, or someplace like that. I can't remember. The U.K., of course, that's one of my biggest draws. Um, the United States. Uh, so it's always, 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 always good to know that your platform is being heard. Your stories are being heard. And it's not about me. Everything that I read tonight, someone connected with Charlotte, someone connected with Brother Gene, someone connected with T. Young, someone is connecting uh, with the people who are unhappy with me because, you know, they don't like what I said tonight, but y'all be all right. And why are you on my show then? Why? Oh, that's right. You all are just spying so you can go back. Well, I hope you all... Make sure that you took really good notes because that way people will know what I've been up to and they'll know what I'm saying about them. So, um, yeah, they'll be okay. They really will. So before uh, – we have about 44 minutes. What's another good topic? Anybody, I know that I was talking to you, Charlotte, earlier, and you said that, you know, it's been a really rough week. What was going on with the week? Are you doing better now? Um And I know, Brother Gene, you said earlier that uh, you were celebrating the new job, your dream job, and doing what you wanted to do. If you all want to elaborate some more on that, that would be great. Uh, What else was on our list to talk about, or did we hit on everything? Oh, another another thing that I wanted to touch on, especially for you, T. Young, because you you in the counseling world – is uh like I said, last month it was mental health awareness, but in my opinion, it should be awareness every single month because of the stigma that's especially in the African-American community about um, getting mental help. There are some people who get help because they know that, you know, workers' comp will pay for it and they get some type of a kickback, so they want to always go. And there's other people who need to go that refuse to go, and they're the most dangerous types because they're the people who have convinced themselves that they don't need help, and they're the main ones that do need help. Uh, So what the question to our audience is, what do you think about the stigma around mental illness, and what can we do? to tell people that it's okay to get help. I tell people all the time, I got help. When I needed it, I got help. And when the DNA disasters were invited to come to the sessions, I was told they don't need help. It's all about me. Long as I get fixed. Even though they were the part of the problem that broke me in the first place, 
they didn't need help, and they didn't want to tell you, and they didn't do this, and blah, 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 blah. So what do we do when people won't support us in that journey and when the people that have broken us don't want to partake in the healing process? What do you tell someone where the people around them don't want to partake in the healing process? How do we move forward from that? And I can tell people, I said, you know, the hardest thing in the world for me was to walk away from people that I've known since the day that I came into this world. But then one day it wasn't hard anymore. It it went from being it went to being a necessity. And when it became a necessity, I had to do what was best for me. Bella writes, just end of the school year is always tough. I'm exhausted, but good thing is I did not punch out any of the other teachers in the, fa- in the face. I need help because I would feel better if I could have punched just one of them. But the Lord is still working on me. Amen. Amen. Because huh, my old job was racist as hell. And I'm talking about you white boys just don't know. If I could have, I would have. Trust me when I say I so I, I wholeheartedly um I'm with you on that because uh you know, again, we talked about Pandora's box earlier. You know, the old regime opened up Pandora's box. Matter of fact, they, they broke that box too and the uh the remnants of the past are just here now and there's nothing we can do about it because the hatred is out. And it's everywhere. And I love the way that um, with the uh, the last shooting of the children, you know, people are dancing around the issue. But those children were minorities for the most part. And no one wants to say they're targeting minorities right and left. And the more that I hear about that, the more upset the police, number one, they took their sweet time going in. Secondly, some of the police went in and got their children out and said that, the hell with every other child as long as their children were safe they didn't try to save the other children they didn't try and it was a, what a resource policeman or something that took down that shooter because the police were lackadaisical they don't care the last regime in this country made it a point to bring back the ugliness that was held at bay for so long yes it was there but not at the level that it is now we have the woman who, the person who was riding up and down the street at a birthday party for a child, he didn't like what happened. He went home and got his AR and came back with the intent to shoot it up. But there was a woman at the at, that was close by. I don't even think she was at the party. She had a conceal and carry license. She pulled out her weapon and blew his ass away. See, for gun control, topic for another day, but gun control. Everybody's talking about gun control. Let's just do this. But we don't want to do that because I'm telling you now, the powers that be in the government, they get paid a lot for, by these gun lobbyists. They're not going to press for anything too dramatic, and that's on both sides of the fence. So what do we do with this? It's simple. If these cowardly people that they claim, you know, if, they, if they're a certain color, it's always a mental illness. If it's something else, they're either going to be dead right away or they're going to make it a hate crime or whatever against the other people. But, you know, they take their own sweet time if it's them hurting a minority. 
but or protected class, as we call them in law. The bottom line is simple. This double standard has to stop. But if these cowardly people knew that there would be people that would shoot back at them, oh, they wouldn't do it. It would stop right away. And I believe it was Ted Cruz, one of those clowns, where someone asked him, how come this only happens in the United States? How come the United States is supposed to be a superpower and the COVID-19 is still not under control? Why are so many people dying here? Third world countries don't even have that many um, deaths. So there's so many things. And then they want to cop an attitude and say, they did it, finger pointing, which lets me know that you're all cowards and you don't take responsibility for the mess that you made. And there's enough, there's enough responsibility to go around for everybody on both sides of the aisle. But let's go back to our chat room. Uh, let's see. Charlotte writes, yes, I heard that one of the officers went inside and got his child. The other officers threatened the parents that wanted to go in and get their kids. Yes, put them in handcuffs and everything, but they took care of their children. And then they went back and backtracked on that story. They said, no, 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 no. What we meant was I love the way that they get a chance to backtrack and change their stories after the narrative has been put out there. And it's okay. And people are like, well, they didn't really mean to say that. Yes, they did because it happened. What is wrong with some people in this country? But uh, T. Young writes, mental health awareness should be recognized daily. I'm happy to see that more people are accepting the resources that are available to them. So mental health isn't such a taboo, you know. Years ago, it used to be linked to insanity. Now people are realizing that mental health is just as important as physical health and reaching out for healing. I always tell people that there is no shame associated with addressing your mental health issues. It's more unacceptable to ignore your issues and live in denial than it is to say, I need help. I love to see people who are embracing mental wellness because the, positive men, um, because the positive mental health is wealth. <clears throat> I agree. I agree totally. And I think that we need to keep stressing that point that mental health is wealth. Mental health is healing. Mental health, taking care of your mental health is hope. Taking care of mental health is a new beginning. I could go on about that, and trust me, I know. And those of you who have been following me for so many years and who know me personally, you know that this journey has been long and hard. And like I said, maybe I needed that crack and that break that happened a few weeks ago, but I, I, I'm enjoying the new journey that I'm on. I am enjoying um, the newfound freedom. I'm enjoying doing me. I'm enjoying every bit of this, and I love it, and I'm still um, up in the air about going back to school and trying to figure out, am I going to go back to my beginning? Am I going to go back to medical school? Am I going to do it? Because I can. I mean, I'm an empty nester. I have nobody to answer to. Do I want to do it? Perhaps, but I don't know just yet. Do I want to go down a different road? I'm doing what I love now, but because there's so many other 
going on that I truly, madly, deeply want to go deeper into some area of medicine to figure out some of the um, some of the answers that we may not be getting through social media because the government and and uh, big pharmaceuticals and people want to keep us in the dark and keep us using their their medicines where most medicines will fix one problem and cause you harm in another way. And most people don't even realize that. And so many people get used to taking medicines on a daily. They just get into that routine without realizing that there's, uh, you know, this earth gave us everything that we needed. And most medications are made from herbs and, and things that are grown, probably right in your backyard. So it's just something to think about. Uh, t- uh, Charlotte writes, you know, the United States needs to get with some of the other countries on how to handle gun control. Some idiot today was saying, arm all the teachers. That is not the, they've been down that road before. They have been down the armed teachers road before. How many times are we going to keep coming back to the same things that we did before? They've said it a million times. That's not the answer. Uh, T. Young says, I have grown weary with the double standards in our society when it comes to white perpetrators versus black perpetrators. I don't condone any race, but but I haven't heard them call the Tulsa hospital suspect um, mental health. I guess he was just a thug, although you can clearly look at him and see that he wasn't all there. T. Young goes on to say, people have this misconception that wealth is only associated with money, but it is beyond money. What makes you happy? What fulfills your spirit? What makes you feel good about uh, who you are? Yes, the money is is necessary, but it isn't the priority. Uh Uh-oh, it's jumping. Hold on. But it isn't the priority when it comes to wealth. So many people have the financial wealth and are miserable depressed and sad than those living comfortably because their perception of wealth is inaccurate. Charlotte goes on, you're right. Blatant double standard. If the shooter was black in Texas, he would not have gotten in the door of the school probably. They would have said gang member outside and police would have took him down um, way before he walked um, in the back door. It's happening all over the place. There are police, and, you know, we're back to defund the police. I said, people, maybe they should say something different than that because people think they're going to take away all the money and police won't be able to get paid. And I said, how stupid do you all sound? That is not what defund the police means. How stupid. And most people jump on whatever bandwagon or horse and buggy is going in the way that they're walking. They don't know why they're on that particular horse and buggy. They have no clue. They're just going in whatever direction that the bandwagon is going. That's like some people say, she did what? Well, how do you know? Well, so-and-so said it. You didn't witness it for yourself. No, but so-and-so said it. 
and you're going to go with the crowd, and some people go with the crowd to keep the heat off of them. Always going to be this type of contention and hate. Well, we can forget that. It's all, it's just out there now. So, We have to come together. And, and, you know, society knows that African-Americans probably won't come together because we're too busy with the crab pot mentality. Think you better. I remember years ago there was a video of these kids beating up a, a, a bunch of black kids beating up another black kid because he was an A student. I mean, they beat him to a pulp because he was in school getting good grades. This is what we need to be addressing at ground zero. You know, a lot of people, we always talk about helping everybody else. I'm like, you got to take care of home before you take care of anyone else. But they beat that boy to a pulp. I don't know what happened with him in the end. I don't know if he just gave up on everything. And how many students commit suicide because they're bullied? Because I remember it clearly. I'll never forget my sixth grade teacher. Her name was Sandra Brooks. If there was a ghetto hood rat back then, it would have been her. She mistreated me every day of my life. She picked on me as much as some of the other kids in school did. And I had a friend, a so-called friend, Alicia Davis. She would laugh with everybody else, and she had her own set of problems. But as long as she was laughing, she would stay in the background. I told you I'm not the person I was before. But Sandra Brooks, if she's still living today, I saw her one time, and I was with Alicia back in the day, and she saw her, we saw her in a food store. She went running up to her and hugging her, and I looked her up and down, and I was like, bitch, please. I'm an adult now. I'll be damned. So if Sandra Brooks is still alive, bitch, please. Horrible, horrible individual, horrible woman. Hood rat for days. Thought she was young and cute and hot and see and all of that. And she would sit down there and she would just make fun and class would laugh at me. Yeah, I told you, I'm not the same person. I'm letting all that stuff go. All of that stuff that I never really shared. So for those of you, you want to know why healing through hurt matters? It matters because the same thing that's happening to students and children in 2022 happened to me back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Crap is still happening. Bullies are bullies because they go after people that are weak. They don't go after strong people. They go after people that they perceive to be weak. I'll never forget. Boy was in the classroom one day. And he started, back in the day, you know how you had the jeans kind of notebooks, and he would tear mine, and everybody would laugh, ha, ha, ha. I said, don't do that. Please don't do that. His name was Anthony Finch. I'll never forget it. He kept tearing my book. I picked his little ass up and threw him across the room. You could hear a pin drop in a third world country that day in that classroom. Oh, he was my friend after that. So sometimes you just have to come down to their level. Everybody has a breaking point. Everybody has a boiling point. So I guess the moral of this story tonight is mental health. There's no shame to that game. Do better. 
do better for people who you have an obligation to do better for, do better for yourself. Aim higher. Rise above your circumstances. T. Young goes on the right. The bottom, the bottom line is that never should have happened. The door should have been, um, should, shouldn't have been propped. The courtesy, the, the courtesy officer was MIA for unknown reasons. The communication was supposedly off, so they claimed they thought the shooter was barricaded and that there was no more people in danger when the child kept calling, asking for the police to come help. The chief didn't have a radio and then had the nerve to say that he was waiting for the families to finish grieving before discussing his decision to not enter the room. There was a teenager here at the at a Charlotte at wait a minute. There was a teenager here at a Charlotte um, oh, that made his threat at a Charlotte school. They arrested him Wednesday for a few hours, let him out, rearrested him on Thursday, and held him until Friday, so the high school graduation could go on without violence. They let him back out with no charges on Friday. No need to ask his race. This is part of the reason these things keep happening, and it's sickening. Gene, the quiet storm. Back in those days, though, little boys and girls picked on the one they had a crush on. No, there wasn't no crush. There wasn't a crush. No, that was just pure evil. Um, there was no crush. There was no anything. That was just pure evil. Um Yeah, that happened in some places, Brother Gene, but yeah, the not, no. It was just back then I was at a raggedy-ass school with a bunch of ghetto hood rats. And um, and then, you know, you go home, there's nobody to talk to, there's no one to do anything with. Um, so I've been on my own a long damn time, and still I manage to help other people and try to put myself in their shoes and be there for everybody else and It just got me a bunch of nowhere, and I love doing what I do. I love everything about what I'm doing. I'm always there for the underdogs, but in the same breath, I have to do me, try to finish the task that I was put on this earth to do, and I spent so much time um, away from that, that now I'm playing catch up in 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 a way, but uh, yeah, that's why I do what I do because um, there has to be some sense of equity, even if it's by force, uh, and that's where I am and why I love doing what I do and why I can put all of my schooling to good use. Uh, Doing something that I guess I was born on this earth to do. And I can relate to so many of these issues, and it's sad and it's taxing sometimes to see that so much of the same crap is still going on so long for so many years. And people say, oh, we've come a long way. Have we really? Because I'm not seeing it. I wish I could see it, but I'm not. How far have we come? 
because I see that we have a long way to go. And we have to pray for and protect our next generations because they're trying to annihilate us. But not to worry, because even if they succeeded, the whole point of them having slaves and bringing us here with them is because they can't do shit for themselves, for the most part. There are some good and bad people in every single ethnic group out there, but you know what I'm saying. The haves and the have-nots, we disappear off the planet tomorrow. Rapture comes and it only takes one particular race, and it's the African-Americans. They're going to separate again because they don't care. If you all notice, they don't care. If you ever watch true crimes or you know anything about lawsuits, they target their own because they know their own will buy into any damn thing. I knew it was too good to be true, but I gave them all my life savings anyway, and now I'm 88, but I had to go back to work because I ain't got no money. Well, that's your stupidity. That's like how many years did we tell you all, check the batteries in your smoke detectors. You still don't check them. Your house burned down, you die. And it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, well, why didn't you check the smoke detectors? Okay. Told you I'm not the person I used to be. I'm about right sick and tired of pacifying stupidity. T. Young says we really haven't come that far. The difference now is that we destroy our own, just like the Monique and D.L. Higley post you put up. Um, Exactly. Yes, that Monique D.L. thing is purely, purely stupidity. Let me tell you something. The way that that went down, and this is a show topic, maybe next month we'll talk about this, how we sabotage ourselves. You know, and put a spin on this, Monique is going to keep on. There's a way to do everything and get your point across, but the way that she keeps doing it, she's going to get herself blackballed where she won't be able to work anywhere. And like DL said on his talk show, and I don't like either one of them, to be honest, but... Like he said, you know, got children that were killed and this and that, and you busy arguing over who's the headliner, and then they got into what their contract said. Did your contract say you were supposed to be a headliner? If it didn't say it, what you arguing for? And if you wanted it, why didn't you advocate for it? But, you know, there's always this, every time you read something, it's always, She takes it to another level, and I think that trying to take it to the people that way is not the best way to do it to get the point across. But when you're talking about contract law, and and again, this is me talking from the professional end, is that did your contract say that you were going to be the headliner? Because they are written out in specifics. If it didn't say it and you wanted to be it, then you got one of two choices. You either advocate for it and you get it, You don't sign your contract, you don't do the program, but what you won't do and you should not have done was gotten up there and the first thing out of your mouth is that you're going to badmouth the headliner. For what? They didn't do it to you. Jean says, yeah, Monique can have problems with people, uh, but if you keep voicing your opinion about another person, people will start to believe that you are the problem and not the people you explain did you wrong. 
They could have all done her wrong, but doing it public makes her look like, uh, oh, this started a real, <laughs> real discussion. Hold on, the room is jumping. This made her look like the villain and un, and, and unprofessional one. T. Young says, that should have been handled behind closed, probably a management issue. She has been blackballed for so long, 50 Cent decided to give her a chance, and she made um, peace with Lee Daniels. But she is still conducting herself poorly. Makes her look like a spoiled brat shouting for attention because you're not being recognized as a legend. I understand the point she's trying to make about women, but she goes about it in all the wrong ways. Exactly. She's going about it all wrong. And I'm I'm like, why do you not know this, sister? She keep it up and 50 will, will step back too so his brand won't be tarnished. I think that if I'm not mistaken, I think that a lot of people that allegedly she made peace with, she's going back and she's doubling back and trying to rekindle the same old crap all over again. And in the end, again, she's going to talk herself right into a hole that she will not be able to dig herself out of. But um, that was that was totally uncalled for and unprofessional. Um, if you all have not seen the clip, uh, you should look it up. Um, I'm like, sister, you're making us look bad all the way around as women, as African-Americans. You, that was totally off the chain and uncalled for. And like I said, I don't like her. I don't like D.L. Hughesley. I do not. They're not anybody that I would pay to go see, to go listen to, not interested. Now, every now and then I'll hear D.L. and he'll have some good words of wisdom, but it's just something about him that just just doesn't work for me. And the bottom line is that how many more people? I think D.L. went down the whole list. Lee Daniels, he said. Tyler Perry. He just went down the list. Netflix, everybody. I mean, Come on now, Monique, what are you doing? Are they keeping you around and keeping your name out there so that you can make us look bad? Because, you see, one thing about when one black person does something wrong, society sees it as all of us doing something wrong. So uh, T. Young says, I thought her and Steve were good. After she went on his show, he told her that he understood her and loved her, but um, then went on the call to call him, uh, yep, when he had nothing to do with the situation. Yep, he also mentioned Steve. He mentioned everybody. So, again, that's something else that you can look up and check out. But, um, yeah, she she needs to stop because I, I, I don't understand what her purpose is. I just don't understand what her purpose is because you're not doing anything but making it look bad for everyone. And I'm like, a girl, I wouldn't pay to see you because if this is what you're going to start off with, that's not what I paid my money to see you do. Dean says, yeah, not a fan of Steve um, Harvey at all, but he didn't have anything to do with the situation, so she must have left his show still feeling away. Don't say I love you, my brother, and then leave with the same hatred in your heart. She didn't mean, she didn't mean it obviously. Yeah, she, like I said, she's backpedaling across the board on so many people because if she's not getting what she wants out of whatever she's doing, then she's going back and she's accusing the people, you doing this and you doing that, because she's not getting the responses that she expects to get. 
And there are a lot of people out there, if they don't get the response that they're expecting, then all of a sudden they're going to attack you and make it look like you're the one that's doing something wrong. T. Young says, I want to see her win so bad because she has so much talent, but people remember her more for the, for the controversy surrounding her. She's playing the classic victim role. Well, she's playing the angry black woman. She's playing the classic victim. She's doing all types of things. I'm like, and she, then she, she's appearing to have this idea of grandeur, grandeur that, you know, you're, the, you're just like a serious, serious, serious headline. And I'm like, you're not that funny, sis. You're funny at times, but you're not that funny. And the way that you're acting overshadows all of your talent or would-be talent. And it's a shame. It's a shame. And, and there's nothing that could come out of this positive because no, nobody can really overlook her actions. Time and time again, she's still doing the same things over and over again. So let me ask you all this just to change the topic a little bit, and this will probably be a show for another day. Did you watch the Johnny Depp? trial. I had called the outcome um, just the way it it was, and the jury got it right. Um, oh, oh, uh, wait, let's backtrack to Monique. Um, <laughs> uh, T. Young said, people forget she even has an Oscar. Oh, D.L. spoke about that, too, and he brought up Precious in the whole nine yards. And the analogy was interesting, but true. Um, Jean says, I was talking about her to a friend, Corey, the other, the other night, and we talked about her residency in Las Vegas at SLS. Apparently, SLS is a small, unknown hotel on the Strip um, that no one really knows about or even finds worth staying the man tried to give her a chance to boost her career again. Nope, I ain't wasting time on rich white people issues. Uh, T. Young says, I saw bits and pieces. We discussed it. Did you all lose me? Can, can you hear me? Let me know if you all can hear me. Uh-oh. What the hell? Okay, am I back? Yes, I am. <laughs> it literally cut me off. I um had to call back into my own show. <laughs> Sorry about that. Okay, uh where was I? Uh, okay, I'm back, yes. This is why I run multiple systems to make sure that uh, I can try to get back on quickly as possible. We only have nine minutes left in the show, but thank you all so much. This has been a really good program. Uh, I guess we'll pick up with the um, Johnny Depp trial next month on our show. Um, that was interesting in itself. I called it correctly. Um, I'm glad that the jury 
did the right thing. Uh, a lot of people like, uh, well, why would you say that? You're a victim and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you all something. In closing, making that trial about, the trial was about defamation and now it harmed him. Now, we all know that Johnny Depp lost almost everything, got out of Pirates of the Caribbean, the whole nine yards. He was gone from everything when those allegations came up. Um, and as the trial went on and the way that things were going down, got a chance to see a side of her that we didn't know about. And even uh, the Aquaman set, Jason Momoa, and other people started to speak up and speak out. Um, the trial was not about their married life and them doing each other. It was about the damage caused by what she did and how it affected his livelihood. Now, yes, in law, when you are a public figure, it's very hard to prove that. But in this particular case, it was almost blatant. And he lost so much out of his career. And, and people were like, well, he's still working. Well, he has to. He has bills to pay, I'm sure. But, again, sheds a different light on the stigma of <clears throat> men not being victims of domestic violence and abuse. Were they, was it a volatile marriage? Yes, but the point of the trial was, did her actions cause him harm? And the answer was yes. And now that he was vindicated uh, in the United States, now he's getting back on track. Now, that should be a wake-up call for him, too, to change his ways, get help with his drugs and alcohol um, issues, and become a better person. The end. And her, well, we don't, and even after her first statement after the trial, put her foot right close to defaming the attorneys and everyone else again. She still didn't know what to say out of her mouth. And I'm like, see, you just removed all doubt again. But I didn't watch, have to watch the trial every day based on the facts that I knew and the damage that I knew that he did. That he endured because of what she did. Yes, the the jury got it right. Um, what's that going to do with her career? Well, you reap what you sow, so who knows? She may have to take a back step or go to other countries and work her way back into the mainstream uh, gosh, they had millions of almost several million or a million uh, signatures to remove her from Aquaman, and she had one of the major roles. So again, it's uh, you reap what you sow. Not every woman is uh, a true victim. Not every woman is a perpetrator. So again, there's so many sides to this, and it's becoming more evident now that we have to broaden our views on everything. Um, Yeah, they did. It was so much going on there, Charlotte. It was ridiculous. Yes, yes, T. Young, her hatred and, and her defiance, it did. It backfired terribly. And her response after the trial 
just solidified the fact that, girlfriend, you got some issues that you need to work through. And uh, T. Young says her hatred and defiance backfired. She makes it harder for real victims of domestic violence. Yes, yes. But again, you have those of us who are going to speak up and speak out. And, you know, she's not, women like that just aren't going to continue to get away with it. Yes, there may have been some things that were said and or done, but she was the aggressor in this and she was the one that caused the most harm. The end. It's not up for debate or discussion. Um, but like I said, that's uh, think of some topics for next month. I'll try to do the show now the first um, Saturday of every month. And um, that way, until I get acclimated to getting back into my schedule for TikTok and other social media sites, this will definitely be done on the first Saturday of the month. We have about three minutes, 56 seconds program. Um, let's see if I remember my mantra. I pray each and every one of you enough. I pray you enough sunshine to brighten your rainy days. I also pray you enough rain to make your gardens grow beautifully. I pray you enough smiles to turn the frown that you've been carrying around upside down. But most of all, I want to pray each and every one of you enough strength and courage to face whatever may be knocking at your door or coming your way from this very moment and beyond. Uh, T. Young goes on to say, I don't know if you saw Vivica's response to Jada's RTT, but it was great to expound on. I saw the article on it, but I did not get a chance to read it. So I'm going to pull that up, and we will start with that because that's an issue. You know what? That's going to be our issue for next month. We're going to talk about uh, that whole entire Will Smith issue and what's going on there. That's going to be our topic for next month. So everyone, if you're listening and you want to get involved with that conversation, check that out. Go back to the Will Smith smack and everything that has come along then. You know what, people? A lot of times in order for you to be educated and you learn something, you have to do your research and you have to really read up on some things to understand what's going on in this world. Don't just listen to what you hear from someone else. Look up the information for yourself, and next month we're going to pick up on that. I think that this was a good way to end the program. Now we know what our topic is going to be for next month, and um, we'll pick it up there. Thank you all so much for being here. Uh, for the return of Healing Through Hurt iTalk Radio. Let me get to these comments before our time runs out. Um, Charlotte says she's going to pull that up. T. Young says she talked about her not taking accountability. I think that'll be great. Um, Jada and Monique are from Baltimore. Give us a bad name, shaking my head. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I forgot about that. You're absolutely right. I'm like, ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. Ooh, 90 seconds left in the program, so as we begin, we're going to end with uh, Tori Lee's good music. Thank you all for being here. Have a great remainder of your evening. Remember, same time, first Saturday of next month, which is July. We'll be on at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Hope to see you then. Bring a friend. We're going to have a great conversation again. This has been a great return show. Thank you all for being in the call query. Thank you all for joining me for the conversation in the chat room. It's been great. Talk to you all again soon. And some of you, of course, I'll talk to you offline. Um, 
Go out and be the best person that you can be and keep rising and shining to every single occasion, even in the midst of your storm. Until next time, be well, be blessed, and I will talk to you again soon. I get lost in your word It feels so good when I'm hurt Take my mind off of the pain Love when the beat takes me away With only good music Oh, oh, oh With only good music Something about the things you say stays in my mind I wanna sit down and listen to you. I listen all night. Melody, the arrangement makes my body go so crazy. I tell the beat, man, I love the beat. It's the way the music comes over.